Hockey fans, the final chase for the Stanley Cup is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Finals, has a can't-miss offer for the most exciting series in sports. New customers can bet $5 on either team to win their game and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the final? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. New customers can bet $5 on either NHL team to win their game and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code RINKRAT at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Finals. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast, Stanley Cup Finals edition. We are here in the winding games of the NHL season overall. Next up, we got NHL draft and then free agency, and then we're into actual summer part. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. The winding days. You mean the days are winding down? Is that what yeah, you mean? There we are. Or are we on a winding road? Maybe game se- get, taking us to a game seven, going from Tampa to Colorado. Wind, winding know. down is what I okay, I right. intended to mean by that. But yeah, an exciting first game. And finally, a Stanley Cup Finals between two actual good teams. Two great teams. Two um, fantastic this is, So here, all right, rapid fire. Best Stanley Cup Finals since... Or most, let's call it most anticipated because we don't know how it's going to go. But in terms of the quality of hockey, ooh, I don't know, Red Wings, Penguins, probably yeah, yeah, I like that. That's a good answer. That's the first one that came to my mind because what were all the ones after that? Like Chicago. Someone said Chicago, Boston. Wasn't there? Yeah, that was a good one. That was that was was a really good one. Like Chicago, Philadelphia. Philadelphia was a journeyman team, carried by Chris Pronger, who and Michael Layton. Yeah. Not even fully Michael Layton. No, it was like they, three they, guys, right? Bar- Brian Boucher. Yeah. And then um, I can't remember who the other goalie was in there. And then the other one was uh, just – it was Chicago beat Tampa Bay when Ben Bishop had – I don't know. Do you have two groins in your body? I don't know. <laughs> he, he was on – he had no groin. When those young guys just started for Tampa. Yeah. Vasilevsky had to start a game, and it was yeah. like – yeah. I thought there was an alarm. But, yeah, it's the first – Fifteen years, probably. Yeah, uh, and it yeah, feels like, like that first game was unreal. Who did the Penguins beat the second time? I know they beat Nashville, Nashville, and San Jose. It was San, San Jose. Jose yeah. yeah, again, they outmatched them there as well. And then Tampa Bay, obviously beating. Well, actually, sorry, the the Capitals beating the Golden Knights, who were like that was in five games, I believe. Yep. So whatever. And then Tampa Bay beating Dallas and Blues Bruins. Yeah. Oh, Blues Bruins. That was a decent one, too. That was, a, that was, just, that was like a fun series. That was just a more solid than, matchup. Yeah. Like, it wasn't yeah. the superstar. Like, there's some good players. But yeah. We're not getting... You probably have... McKinnon. Like, Nathan McKinnon. Like, yeah, yeah. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Kucherov. Oh Stamkos. Like, I'll gush in, like, I'll gush over Kale McCarr later. Oh, yeah. my God. That guy's so, so good at hockey. But before we get into that, let's get into a little Lightning Rangers Game 6. Just finish off that series there. Did you guys 
What did you guys think about that one, that game? Lightning just completely dominated the Rangers. Yep. It looked like what it should have been kind of all series. Oh, yeah. Shesterkin wasn't able to hold up for them. And, yeah, I think it was like the shots were like 16. Like New York only had 16 shots like going into like the last 10 minutes of the third period when they've been down for yep. majority of the game. It was crazy. It's like they weren't just weren't able to generate anything against that team. And, yep. yeah, at five-on-five, five, there was a, a good little shot chart on Twitter of the New York Rangers game over the playoffs. And it's like on offense, they literally produced nothing. They're like a black hole and, but they, at five on five, but they still somehow not nothing, not it was nothing, some good but, high danger passing. Yeah. But on defense though, they really like gave up a, lo- a lot of like yeah. quality chances in like the good areas. So they, they were more average at five on five on in the offenses, yeah. but defense is like really, I was they, pretty surprised that Shister can let in that goal on Stamkos, the, the first one. Not the second. Yeah, th- what what happened there? Was it, was it knuckling it, a bit? He maybe? just put it through him and put it in a good area, and it was kind of awkward for him. Like that's, but like that's not a goal that Igor Shesterkin really gives up that we've seen. Like this guy's a complete horse, and then you see him making all these other saves. Like the Hagel Sorelli Kalorn line should have had like two goals in this one, and he completely stifled them. He was making so many saves where. Like it's a it's an odd man rush. He comes out, he challenges pretty well, but then he tracks back so fast and he stretches out so much that he takes up so much room. It's like unless you're putting it straight under the bar in a perfect shot off a one timer, which on a two on one, how often are you really doing that? Like you're not beating him, right? Like he's he's an exceptional goaltender. He made a couple. He made a huge tip save. Even I remember. I think it was on Palat, but. Steven Stamkos coming up big in game six. You just fear the lightning. You absolutely love to see that, especially after like the, after last year. What did you think of his, like the game winner, the second goal? I, I, I thought it was a good it, goal. It was a good goal. It was, it was just was weird. I don't line. know what happened. It just fell out of his glove, I, I guess. I feel like mm-hmm. Shesterkin doesn't catch even Vasilevsky a little bit too. Like I feel like these guys don't catch the, the puck very well. He kind of scoops it. And like we saw it before on another Stamco shot earlier in the series, but he he didn't quite he didn't squeeze it and he cupped it, made a fantastic save off a rush from Steven Stamkos. Like just really to good, start really that off. Save. Like it was a two uh, on off, one, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was the pass went across and Stamkos got an open lane. Yeah. And he made a good shot and Shesterkin made a fantastic save. It just kinda of popped out and then unfortunately hit Stamkos's knee uh and went in. But just the storyline of it, like Stamkos gets the like the captain gets the scoring going, and then he takes a penalty that leads to a Frankie Vitrano bomb, yeah. and it ties the game. And then like ten seconds later, he puts them over to the top. And it was like after they scored that goal, it, you knew New York was not coming back and winning that. No, one. that was that was it. what a like you said the response though. That was... Oh yeah, like Zabanajad got. Zabanajad, Panarin, Kreider, after game two, were just stifled. They couldn't do anything. And even Miller and Fox, two prolific offensive defensemen, I felt like couldn't get anything really going. Like It really, like, talk about a f- series flipped on its head. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not quite 28-3 to Falcons-Patriots comeback. No. <laughs> but two up in the series, you're on the road up two goals to nothing against Tampa. And then from there, just they each got smoked. Yeah. Like, bang, 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 four games done. Reverse sweep, essentially. Yeah. Which like which game was New York really? like? Game one. Well, like, game game one and two, sure, yes. Like, they they won those two. But, like, games three to six. No, they weren't. Yeah, and it, I swear, at game two as well, it seems like a game that they'd won, but more on, like, the 
especially on the back of Shesterkin, than them kind of uh, producing anything. Game two, I felt like they dominated the first half, okay. and then Tampa really yeah, started to get up. it going. Mm-hmm. But then even in game three, they were up in game three, two, nothing. Yeah. I want to say. That's and they, yeah, that's on, for sure. And yeah, then they blew it. And <laughs> then they blew it. And like Tampa just kept hammering them and hammering them and hammering them. And then game four, they had no shot in that one. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They did scratch Capocacco in game six in favor of Dryden Hunt, who is kind of a journeyman guy. He's our age. It's funny to say now. It's an insane move. Yeah. Like, that was a weird one because he was clicking well with, with Heedle and uh, Lafreniere, right? Like, I, I heard on the on the radio, it was uh, one of the U.S. stations, someone, a Rangers fan call it in before game six, just rip on Gerard Gallant. Yeah. And I'm like, on one hand, like, he is pr- probably a pretty good coach who's got mm-hmm. this team a lot further than it should have. But on the other hand, like, a lot of it should be credited to the goalie and scratching a guy like Capo Caco, even if he's not playing well, like he Like what did Dryden Hunt do in game six? Nothing. Nothing. Like that was just a really weird move. Yeah. But I I don't know. Who I didn't really that was odd. And they have a lot of free agents coming up. So these are the guys that have to be their future for him. Obviously this doesn't mean you know that his career's done or anything, but you already heard like trade rumors, he's not happy like, like that's just kind of bad management. Of your, yeah. of your players. It's, yeah. the sec- it's terrible for him because now this is the second coach that's just like weirdly not playing him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's also only 21 years old. He's drafted literally like two, three years ago, right? It's like... He's 20, I thought. 21. I think he's turning yeah. 21 maybe. Or, the crazy but, thing, like again, yeah. some guys wouldn't even make the NHL till this year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Like he, that guy, you don't, you don't want to give you up You can do him. two entry-level slides. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. But also like even Lafreniere, no offense to him, I... He had some big hits. I thought one of them was kind of dirty on Victor Hedman. It yeah, was it dirty. Was dirty. It was fully He's dirty. not. He didn't play. In my opinion, he, like neither of these guys are playing exceptional. But you still got to give them chances. Like yeah. you yeah. can't scratch those guys. No, not at all. I know what you mean. Philip Hedel, though, that guy's got a pretty good shot. Yeah, we'll we'll give him credit for that. But you did mention a lot of UFAs on this team. Andrew Cop from the playoff roster, obviously. Andrew Cop, our good friend Greg McKay. Remember that guy? Tyler Mott, Kevin Rooney is like a 12th, 13th guy. Ryan Strom and Frank Vitrano, all UFAs. So it'll be interesting to see what they they do there. Apparently, I like, yeah. I, I, I heard that most likely would be bringing back Cop. They like Cop because he can play center, too. He's mm-hmm. pretty, and he played pretty well for yeah. the he's playoffs. A he's a good player. They, like, the Strom deal sounds like he's looking for, like, a Hyman Esque, like a five and a half, five, like five to six, five and a half, six for long term, like seven. I, that six seems years. like a trap deal to me yep, for him. For sure, I didn't think he was overly effective in the playoffs. I think he's a lot of a product of the guys that he plays with. He's just mm-hmm. he's a fine player, but not someone I'd want to give big money or big term to mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah. I think they'd be wise to steer clear of that one. What do you think that Andrew Kopp would get paid? Like, what would his deal probably look like? similar? Five, five, four, four to five. I think four to five at he's like two A player. Too. He's a he's a good player. Term he scored or? a lot of goals. He's a little older, right? He's like yeah, a, he's twenty seven. Twenty seven. He's yeah, pretty term. young for a UFA. Ninety yeah, five born. Yeah, he'll get it. he'll get it. He's pretty old. <laughs> he can play center. Like that's the biggest thing. He, mm-hmm. He's a legit centerman. Yeah. So. Yeah. What's funny also, like, man, we complained about the Phil Kessel dead cap. Next year, New York has three point four two seven in dead cap. Jeez. 
And then the best is one of the buyouts. It, it doesn't even count because it was a compliance buyout, and that's Brad Richards. <laughs> so they have four guys, Kevin Shattenkirk, Dan Girardi, Anthony D'Angelo. That's hilarious because being bought out. what did Kevin Shattenkirk sign? He Kevin signed Shattenkirk, pretty big money. Yeah, he's making 3.9. Anthony D'Angelo is probably going to get paid a decent amount in free agency now because he's a free agent. and like No, he's a restricted, restricted free agent. Restricted free agent. He's yeah. still going to get like a good amount. Like. Yeah, they need it's to hilarious. lock up they Georgia. The they out. need to lock up Capocaco, and then yeah, they have you know, eleven million of space. They could make it work, but I again, don't think. They, yeah, I don't think Strom's coming. They back may. Uh, it may be a situation where like, wow, we're on entry level. De- like Capocaco needs an. That's going to be like a, a easy. bridge deal. Oh, easy. One to two, two um, years. Kind of thing. Heedle's making two million. Lafreniere's on his entry level. Like you may have a, they may think, wow, I'm going to take a big swing for this year. Maybe I go after like, let's offer Malkin like eight mil for this year. Mm-hmm. Something like, you know what like I mean? A short term kind of. Instead of locking in Strom, mm-hmm. take advantage of this little window you have. You go after like a legit top, top yeah. player. Yeah. Someone on Twitter said that uh, Ryan Strom was like thanking the media and saying bye as in. But who's giving him that money? I, I, I don't know. Like how much do you think he's, he's worth versus how much do you think he gets? I think he's. A three to four million dollar player max, and I'd want the term kind of short as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I feel like he's a good player to have if you have him around like three million dollars, yeah. and you have like a John Tavares and a William Nylander on either yeah. side of him, just kind of, just kind of there, but can chip in some offense kind of thing. But let let the the star players on the wings mm-hmm. work and. It really did work out very well with Artemi Panarin there, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, he seems like the typical trap guy where it's like he needs, like he'll excel the most when playing with better players. But it's like you can't give a guy you need like to that put money. him in the right situation. Exactly, yeah. And there's very few situations where you're going to pay like a guy like that out the wahoo just so he can play with better players, right? Ideally, if you're going to pay a guy like that in free agency, you'd expect him to at least be able to elevate or survive on his own. Yeah, like so. listen to these point totals: like fifty nine, forty nine, and fifty four, and. Like you'd expect a guy like that, obviously, mm-hmm. to get like be in the fives, but everyone knows it's no secret he played with some exceptional yeah. players. Yeah, and he's like a kind of a trap player in the sense of like he's a good offensive player. Yeah, but he's not like an elite offensive player. No. Like again, let's look at the tiers. He's not even like Goudreau, Marner tier, no. not close. Nylander, Ehlers tier, he's no. not close to that either. So like we're going down a couple mm-hmm. tiers here, right? Yeah. Like he may he may be looking more at like a Mikheyev. In terms of money, oh, and uh, like, who would you want more though? Well, Ryan Strom or Elliot McKay? I don't know. It depends I, what McKay have you got. Yeah, I, I would, I would probably take McKay. But the Strom optics wise is like can play center. Like, I don't know. That's that's pretty. But much he's all not I'm a good. Like, I know. I'm just two way center man. I'm yeah, just, you know I'm just I mean? giving like. like like Ilya Mikheyev, good. He had some good it, speed. Yeah. He's good on the penalty kill. He'll win puck races. So. That'll be it. That, that's I, I a really compa- interesting yeah, one. It is. I want like, to compare him to other like free agents who I would like. Like, okay, here. How much do you think Pilat is going to make? Oh, uh, a lot more. Well, how much more could he possibly like? You know what I mean? Pilat's not going to make seven 30, eight million. Thirty one or Pilat's probably going to make five six million. So how yeah. are you giving Strom the same money as that no. guy? That makes well, a guy who can fit any line, any situation, mm-hmm. right? That, it, him or Trocheck? We're talking Trocheck five six million. I'd rather have Trocheck. Yeah. That's yeah. It's like you just look at like Ryan Strom. What the hell is he gonna get? It's like, an odd fit. Like it's a very it's odd, really odd weird. Like I don't know. Maybe that's an Arizona overpay. I mean, yeah. There's a few teams that need to get to Buffalo. Maybe even sixty-one million floor now, 
right? Something like that. There's a few teams that need to get to the floor, right? Like, I think Ottawa does. Ottawa should be way, way over the floor. They should. They should. But we'll see. Uh, and then who else? Buffalo, Anaheim, I Anaheim, Detroit, Buffalo, Buffalo just Buffalo, traded for Arizona. Ben Bishop to, to get to the floor, right? Yeah. So... We'll see it. That'll, that'll be an interesting Very, one. That, to we kind of stumbled. It'll upon also that, be uh, interesting to see what they give Georgiev, their mm. other goaltender. Um, there will they be the ones giving him a contract? Yeah, I mean, who will then? No, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. some trade rumors around him have been swirling. Yeah, right? oh, so really? I think ever that would, since the deadline, I think that would make sense for him because, I, I, as in his, I think he might. I, I would want to be out if I'm in his shoes. There's no way he's going to be passing. I think he could be just uh, He could be a starter. Like he's uh, I'd also say a New York guy. New York cap wise would really. Like, like, I don't think they're gonna want to pay him Mm-mm. three. You, you think he could four. be a he could be a platoon guy? Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's decent. He's not bad. He can eat thirty five, forty games. So yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he's maybe someone gets like a, like you said, like a Ranta two years, two and a half million. Yeah. Sides in on it. Well, we'll see. That's Good a great deal him, for Shesterkin. Yeah, he's a ninety six born. So what? Like, if you give him two years, does that? Is he still an RFA? After no, he'll that? be a UFA then. Oh, so he's hmm. UFA. Yeah. It's a little bit tough because if you're going to play in more games, how's he going to play? Who knows? All that. Like, it's just crazy to see like his stats. He's a decent goaltender. His stats versus uh, Shesterkin's. Yeah, like, that just shows how good Igor Shesterkin was this year. I gotta say, I gotta put that part out there for sure. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, Shesterkin nine thirty five this year. Georgiev eight ninety eight. Wow, crazy, crazy. But We'll see. A lot, uh, lot of moving parts with a lot of different teams. And, uh, oh, my God, they pay Patrick Nemeth $2.5 per year. Yep. That is an egregious amount of money. Yikes. All right. <laughs> we'll see. They'll add them, add the, the Rangers to the list of what, what's going to happen next year for them. Yeah. Right? So let's move on then. I think we can all agree game six was a, was a thumping from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's uh, shall we get into some game one of the Stanley Cup Finals? And wow, what a game we got! I really do want to look up the ratings for this one because, as as you mentioned, you're going to pull those up there. As you mentioned, it was on ABC, so a lot more access for people to watch this game. It had two. You have a lot of superstars in this one. I mean, just list them off, like Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Rantanen, Kale McCarr. Devin like, Taves, and then that's just for one team. Yeah, like. and then on the other side, Andre Vasilevsky, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Victor Hedman. Like, the list goes on and on. Like, you have some marketable guys. You're not like, hey, here's 35-year-old Shea Weber and 35-year-old Carey Price versus the one-time Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning, right? How about this? Game one between the Avalanche and Lightning averaged 4.2 million wow. total viewers and a 1.3 demo rating, which is 18 to 49, topping Wednesday night in both measures. Wow. Ooh. So the most watched program. On a Wednesday, too. A, hey, that is really good. That is really, really good. That's nice. Fantastic. Now we got a Saturday one coming up as well. That's re- I think last year was like two, around 2 million. I got to find it. Wow. The average was 2.5 million yeah. on NBC. That's great. 2.5? Yeah. So we've like almost, wow. If they hold it, which they, I mean, it seems like they awesome. should be. Is that just 
U.S. numbers? That's or? just U.S. Wow. Get those numbers Holy up, baby. Smoke. Let's get the cap up. That's, that's Here really, we go. That's, you know, that's why you sign with ESPN, though, because it's all the little things. Like, yeah. these are th- I don't know if a lot of people go to ESPN's website, for example, but before, the, the ticker of sports at the top was like NFL, NBA, NCAA football, MLB, NCAA basketball, and then no NHL. Because yeah. they didn't ha- they didn't care about the NHL. Yeah. Why would they? Pro- it's free advertising. But now them, it's right? all over sports. And if mm-hmm. you watch the NBA finals, you know what the ads are. Like the NHL, that was terrible. Yeah. The NHL. Stephen A. Smith used song. to make fun of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> once in a while, and then who was the who was the other guy that used to be on First Take? Skip Bayless. No, the I'm Kellerman? taking Andre. Yeah, I'm taking Andre, <laughs> Andre Iguodala. <laughs> he even said he's like, you know what they say about hockey? There's. Uh, there's a, a team in each hometown, and all, all the 20,000 residents of the hometown are season ticket holders. Uh, like, Relax. He, oh, he said nobody cares about hockey before that, too, which was kind of funny. And then right. Stephen A. Smith was criticizing the Raptors. Remember when the, we had the finals here? He was like, y'all are watching hockey. Your team's not even in the finals. <laughs> I remember that. And now he's got a, you know— ESPN pays him the big bucks. Now he's got to say some kind things about hockey once in a while. <laughs> Actually, honestly, so. guys, I'm not kidding. I'm looking at the more in-depth numbers. They absolutely smoked everything else on TV in the U.S. That's crazy. Wow. It wasn't a tough night because summer is a little bit of a weaker in terms of like mm-hmm. the sports. Not even sports like the primetime TV scheduling, uh, but like massive. Even massive just pulling ratings. those numbers, I think massive, is really good. Massive rating. But yeah. I honestly wouldn't expect that to see Mm-hmm. NHL get that, but good for them. It's huge. Yeah, and you know what? It was uh, the game didn't disappoint either. Like going no. to overtime, overtime. Too, yeah, exactly. Seeing a little bit of a comeback in there. On top of that, like we got, we had, and some highlight real goals as well. Nikita Kucherov, absolutely. Und- oh lord, undressing Devin Taves, like yeah. undressing. Scored that goal on a couple nobodies, Taves and Makar. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. It was wild. Ever heard wild, of those guys before? Wild those guys game. had a great game. Yeah, but. Let's uh, let's get into this one. What were some some keynotes you had from this one? Anything? Oh, where do you even begin? I don't. I, uh, where do we start? I think again, when you look at Colorado, I think one of the skills of their team, you're, they're missing Kadri and Sam Gerrard. Okay, those are like, I think that's about ten million dollars worth of players for them. Maybe a little less because they're on good contracts. But mm-hmm. the depth of Colorado, Valerie Nachuskin, Andre Burakovsky, like these guys come to play. Comfort, I thought had a really good game. There, this is so important, and we talk about it over and over. Remember last episode, we went down all the guys who have more than five goals for Colorado. It's like seven forwards, not mm-hmm. even including Burakovsky, scores the overtime winner. 60-point guy. I think I heard they said a stat on TV. It's like Byram's time on ice average has gone up like seven minutes since the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah, he's great. He's really good. And he, he was a big factor. I think it was on the first goal. Like, the way that, like, everyone, like, sorry, not. I was about to say everyone talks about the zone exits of Makar Taves. No, it's just us losers that do. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of people, like, like I think it was Dmitry Filipovich was hammering the table about it. He's like, okay, McCarr and Taves, yes, like they're absurd numbers. But Bowen Byram, who I think is in the second year of his entry-level deal, is doing a fantastic job of carrying the puck up. And if you watched that game one, he did it more than a few times. Like he's just so composed with the puck. And me, like, this guy's, what, not even 21 yet? And you saw that on the first goal, he gets the he get brings the puck up. He, sorry, he gets. A, I think he got a pass from McKinnon, who was below the goal line. He brings the puck up all the way up the ice. Nice little zone entry. Drops the puck off. Attacks the defender to take the defender out, and then bam, goal. Did I describe that right? Yeah. 
Yes, I did. Landis Cog shot through a screen, and we were up one nothing from the kid. Right, like just their defense, the the offense that they're able to generate from their defense is incredible. And it's not like you have a bunch of uh, like Tony D'Angelo's out there where you have to sacrifice defense. On top of that, they're exceptional defensively as well, just because they use their speed so so well and they're so efficient with the puck. Like, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this playoffs is really like a bash versus dash. Yeah, a little bit. Like this series, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, not this play- I yeah, see this that. Series. Like, well, I think Tampa's a little more than just bash. Though. Yeah, they can kind yeah. of play it all, but I think they... they yeah. I think they think that the best way to neutralize their the, the way that Colorado plays is to play a little like like lean into more of that bashing game maybe because they they really can't do it all but mm-hmm. I, I I think that's a a good way to describe it and also regarding Bowen Byron what you pointed out he had the most five on five ice of any Avalanche player in game one wow twenty minutes and twenty five seconds I saw them put him five. with a uh, Makar a few times out there as yeah, well he's crazy good but also they lean on their top three so hard which i, I respect it like good. they should you should johnson and they're johnson, that good why not sprinkling eric johnson sprinkling manson they do a yeah. little bit of jack johnson as well very sheltered but yeah he, he made mm-hmm. a couple okay plays i He's, thought yeah whatever it's like he plays as much as a fourth line player yeah. on yeah. d so so i just want to piggyback off the byron thing and, and even cal mccarr and devon talking about how they're 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 excuse me their exits um Shut down line. We reference him a lot. He posted his micro stats and uh, retrievals leading to exits for Colorado. 40. They had 40 retrievals leading to exits. That's 58% of their retrievals led to zone exits. Wow. Compared to Tampa Bay, who only had 37%. Yeah, nice. I saw a couple of people say Tampa's D struggled to move the puck. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was another one from Mike Kelly who said uh, when attempting to pass the puck, uh, to exit these D zone successful 35% of the time, as you mentioned, for mm-hmm. um, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, down 35% from first three rounds. They completed 43% of their stretch pass attempts, down 48% from first three rounds. Ten neutral zone turnovers compared to two from Colorado, and that's via Sport Logic. That was a tweet from Mike Kelly. I think one of those things is, first of all, Tampa didn't really get a break no. between New York. And, how many games was it? Days was it three? They, they landed the day before. Um, Colorado has speed that nobody else can match. No, no. New York had some speed. Like, like give them some respect. They, they yeah, weren't a slow team. But Colorado's speed off the rush, on the forecheck. Consistent in waves. Nonstop. Yeah. It's nonstop. So even, like, again, even when they do get the puck, there's normally an avalanche player them. right in their dome. Yeah. And Victor Hedman, I thought, struggled. He's had a couple weirdly yeah. bad games in the playoffs, but then he usually bounced back with a oh, really yeah. good game, so I'm expecting that next time. It's all the game ones, too, yeah, when you yeah. think about it. Like, the Rangers game one, he didn't play well. Leafs game one, he didn't play well. Uh, and then this one, yeah, he, he really had a tough time moving the puck. And, yeah. I mean, the overtime goal was a perfect just, like, example of what was going on. They try to get it through the neutral zone. Nope, doesn't work. And then gets back to Sergeyev, tries to flick it through the neutral zone again. Nope, doesn't work. And then comes back the other way. That was really bad. And well, their the their forwards, I know it was a late change, but... If you look at that play, that they're was just bad. scrambling out there. Well, they're not even coming back. They're no tracking. Look at Kucherov there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not his game. Obviously, he's just kind of yeah, glad. Don't back. mean to rip on Pat Maroon, but he also stayed out a little extra. He lead, almost scored lead. there. Yeah, he did. Though. He did. But <laughs> he yeah, stayed they out a little longer, and that they went for a three-person line change. And yeah, they did get a close chance right after that. After the the penalty yeah. ended there, 
nice little over the glass for the fourth If line. Tampa came back and won that game, yeah, that'd be an all timer. Like, or conversely, if they gave up a power play goal at the very end, there, I mean, Tampa had their fourth line out there with a minute twenty seven. Yeah, that was left. weird. That was like, odd. They love that fourth line. Just kind of a little funny. too much, maybe a but little bit. Like that would be tough for Colorado. I feel like to bounce back from, but that that like Colorado needed that win way more than Tampa yeah, for sure, to... for sure. Tampa's like it's almost like they do this on purpose. Yeah, it feels the like they win lo- came I... kind of out of the sales once that three one lead was yeah. and evaporated you can, yeah, very but quickly. Luckily, they got it back. Yeah. Yeah, and did you... overall, I think the Avs have way outplayed them for sure. Oh, oh yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. Even no after doubt, but... after that second goal, or sorry, the third goal from Tampa. Yeah. The oh yeah, just like the chance, like. They scored and then instantly Colorado in waves. It felt like literally for the entire set. What the was rest the expected of the goal period. battle in the third period specifically? Colorado definitely had the ball. Uh, it was six. six ooh, ooh, wait, one sec. Sorry, seventy-four percent. Seventy-four percent. They had a whole. They had an entire expected goals to point three four from Tampa. Seventy-four point seven. It's cool. so, crazy yeah, like, onslaught. So, how about this quote? Not to make everything about the Leafs. I'm sure you, I know you guys saw this. I saw this already. Jared Bednar, head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, said he spent a lot of time watching the Leafs in their series against Tampa ahead of the Stanley Cup final. Quote, it was a dynamic series, and I see a lot of similarities in the Leafs players and personnel to ours. You know what, guys? Banners fly forever. North Division <laughs> champions respected in the handshake line, and then Jared Bednar watched our film. <laughs> I will say one of the tweets underneath said, yeah, very similar personnel, except we don't have Kale McCarr. And that's like <laughs> a pretty significant difference. And you could also argue we, pro- we don't even have a, like a Devin Taves level. No. No, that's crazy. That, like, oh, yeah, it's just Devin Taves. It's he's like, like the supporting cast guy. And he's also amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you had a good point in oh, our chat you. about Valerie Nichushkin. Do you want to share? No, he's a really good player. But like there was some situations where in the second and third period he scored, but there were other situations he's getting prime chances, just shooting, burying pucks with his head down, which makes sense. That's kind of the type of player he is. He's not like a super like silky skilled offensive player. He's a really solid defensively. Good, like good player on the puck. He's more of like a volume shooter. Yeah. But then in overtime, he gets the puck in a dangerous area, pops that head up and makes an amazing pass. Like what do we, we talk about this all the time. Those East West passes. It's, there's the no way for Vasilevsky to save that puck. There's no, just he, no way. Especially it was a good job by Comp for providing a little bit of that screen there, mm-hmm. a little traffic and mayhem in front. Just gave Burakovsky such an easy uh, play there for that that overtime goal. Yeah. But Nachushkin, like just the speed that he brings as well, the size that he has, like the, the avalanche forecheck is so relentless that I'm not surprised at all the Tampa Bay's defensemen just kept turning the puck over and couldn't make a, a pass for their life. I mean, it wasn't like Tampa Bay was playing like Florida where it was just all spread out, like, okay, like, Hail Mary it into the neutral zone. Like, the, the, the Avs made it very, very difficult for, for the, the Lightning to break the puck out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And we'll see how they re- respond game two. That'll be yeah. really interesting. Yeah, the game planning from John Cooper. Oh, he'll have some. He's an, he's an exceptional coach. Mm-hmm. Like, just... So I'm very, very curious to see what kind of happens in the next game there. So we'll see. Um, I did want to touch on Vasilevsky. Saw a lot of people criticizing those first two goals. They did happen pretty quick in the first period. It is a situation where, yes, that does ruin the momentum for, for Tampa Bay there. I thought he had a fantastic game. That first goal was a big screen from his own defenseman. The second goal was a big tip 
from his own defenseman again. That puck was going, I want to say, glove side, like mid-range glove side, and then ended up going through the five hole. Like that big of a change really does affect you there. Um, and then the third, how was the third goal again? I can't even remember. Oh, it was like, that was a shot pass from McKinnon to Lekkonen. Yeah. On, on the power, power play. play. Which yeah. was funny seeing. Five on three, no? Yes. 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 Five yes. on three. That was a good five on three. Yeah. It was very good. They moved the puck so quick. Yeah. But it was funny seeing Habs fans then go, Lekkonen on the power play. Like, we didn't see this for four years. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? But on top of that, like, he kept the game close. I mean, when you look at it, there was a, a very good rush, rush chance from Burakovsky when it was, I believe, 2 nothing. He makes a fantastic blocker save, and then Tampa's... Did they add? No. Did they add one? Yeah, it was the Nick Paul goal. Right before the Nick Paul goal, yes. he made a, a pretty good blocker save. He made a couple of saves on Valerie Nachushkin. There was one he kind of got lucky on Nathan McKinnon where sent Eric Chernak, another defenseman who had a rough game, and this one, he sent him into the corner... And then luckily, puck hit him. But, I mean, yeah, like wasn't really the the traditional Vasilevsky taking over game we usually are used to seeing. But he played very, very well in this yeah. one. He's always he's going to always play well. It's crazy. Pretty well. Unless uh, it's the Leafs. Well, maybe that, that was just the Leafs. He still, I thought he was game 6-7. He locked yeah. it down hard. You really but, need to, like, again, like, it's it's almost more so luck when this happens. But, like. Those tips and those screens on him, you really need to get those through mm-hmm. or else you're going to have a tough time because he's so athletic. Do you remember he made a save in the third period? It was off a missed shot, and the player on the avalanche pulled it from like behind the net and tried to go blocker side on him. Yeah. N- normal goalies in the NHL for NHL level should not be stopping that. No. That was sick. And then he made a nice backdoor uh, save on the – on the, the power play there as well at the very end of the game. Uh, I think it was off like the throat. It maybe wasn't the best position shot, but nevertheless, a very good shot. And he stopped that as well. Like played well. Got to give him credit. I yeah. thought so. A couple, sorry, go ahead. Jason. No. A couple things I want to bring up. One, we didn't even talk about Braden point coming back. Yeah. Didn't he was good, but I, I wasn't a fan of the line that they had him on. He was playing with Nick Paul and Ross Colton, which is, again, I think they scored. They had a goal against as well. But I really think for Tampa, he needs to be going at like a really high pace rush offense to try to counter the rush offense of the Avs. We'll see. I I think they should put him back with Kucherov. Interesting. So you would take so – so lines? it was Kucherov, Stamkos, Palat. It seems like – sorry, before we get into this, it seems like Sorelli, Kalorn, Hagel, they're using that as their defensive line, yeah. throwing them out, burying them kind and of thing. they're doing a good job. And they're doing great. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking – like I was going to say they keep just that line together. They aren't scoring, but like they're getting a lot of chances. Yeah. And I feel like the, that would be such a, such a chip to have almost if finally they're able to put the puck in the net. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like, oh, like – Oh, oh my God! If only David Kampf and Ilya and uh, Pierre Engvall could start scoring. That, like, I'm not saying that. Like, these are three guys that can put the puck in the back of the net. They are getting chances. They just aren't dropping for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That like, line got absolutely shelled, though. Yeah, but they they also were yeah. like used pretty heavily against know, the McKinnon line. You like they got shelled though. Like it, they weren't effective. Yeah, that'll I, be another coaching change. So right there. let's let's be head coach here. Yeah. I'll do this. Let me move it around. Switch Paul with Hagel. So now we're doing Nick Paul, Sorelli, Kalorn. Let's do Stamkos, Palat, Hagel, and let's do Point, Kucherov, Colton. 
Say that again. Colton. Point. Interesting. Kucherov. Colton. Okay. Palat. Stamkos. Hagel. Paul. Sorelli. Kalorn. Interesting. Okay. Or be, just because I know Kalorn in the past has been pretty solid offensively in the playoffs. He hasn't gotten going. Maybe instead you leave Hagel with Sorelli. You do Kalorn, Point, and Kucherov. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like I think I think a, a little shake because I don't think be... Paul and Colton is is strong enough offensively with points rush ability. Like you need someone to compliment him, like a Kucherov there. Mm. And I think Stamkos mm. is at the point. Like last year, they were using those guys together. With Stamkos, way less effective. Mm-hmm. Now he's way more effective. Mm-hmm. Let him drive that line. Maybe it'll it'll give you a little more matchup advantage right now without Kadri yeah. too. Like th- we're talking no Kadri as well, which makes a big difference. So mm-hmm. let's see if they do something like that. Yeah, that is that is a very good point because up the middle right now they're doing McKinnon, Rantanen, and Comfer. Yeah. Where like Rantanen hasn't really played a like a full season of center. He is a d- pretty good center, but it's not. It's not Kadri's well. It's level. also like just Kadri's not even in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now instead, like Burakovsky. Like, this is why depth is good. They just bumped up Burakovsky, which is awesome. But yeah, it just changes everything around a little bit, right? Unfortunately. D- this website I'm looking at is not fully updated in terms of Tampa's lines, but I see what you mean. I, I do think a little bit of a change is needed. I thought point was pretty good in this one, but yeah. like there's, I think there's, there's room to grow. There's room to grow. Now that he's had that one game back, like, let's really set him loose. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, the other thing I wanted to bring up, which I thought is hilarious because he talked about like people on the radio saying, you know, would you trade the Leafs team for the Rangers? Like, okay, whatever. Wait, what? Yes. Um, I'd just like to point out the main difference between the Rangers and every other team, okay? So the Rangers ended up going 10-10 and in the playoffs, which is solid. They won two rounds. Mm -hmm. Game seven, so, like, they were only 500 in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Not that good. They had 930 goaltending total. 930. (laughs) The Colorado Avalanche are 13-2 and in the playoffs. Do you know what what save percentage their goaltending has been? 895. Not bad. So when you talk about how well the Rangers are built as a team— just look at the goalie. That's because that's ninety-five <laughs> percent of it. It really is. Like, yeah, pretty well. Uh, yeah, and goalie, and then some some decent uh, counterattacking on offense. Some if big if Shesterkin switched spots with Mackenzie Blackwood, which team would would be in the playoffs? New Jersey or New York? New Jersey oh. for sure. New Jersey had like the like an eight eighty save percent. Like they were brutal. Well, they had okay. brutal goaltending this year. They had no. They literally had well, no. Blackwood didn't play this. Yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. But like, I think I think that's your also, that's kind of your to well, your point. Even though, good Mackenzie like, Blackwood. Like, yeah, like, no, good Mackenzie Black. I think there's a layer for Mackenzie Black. Give me another team. A different. A different what do you mean? One. Well, I just I'm just talking like they were. Yeah. they're picking the they're top poots. three. Like they were. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. No, but I I see what you're saying in the sense. How of, about like, Ottawa with Shesterkin? Who's better, Ottawa or the Rangers? Like. I hate Ottawa, but I if, don't the, if, Ottawa, if the Rangers right? had Matt Murray, Ottawa would make the problem. Hundred percent, that's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, I'd almost say Ottawa. At least it's just Ottawa. We're a dynasty. Ottawa, yeah. I think, has this like sneaky offensive. Exactly, they yeah. would so be run like, and gun offense with like, a crazy goalie back mm-hmm. there. Yeah, but you got to. I mean, Forsberg did was like ninth in goal saved above average. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying. Like, but yes, I, I, I like some pieces on New York. Again. Most of it was built by their previous GM who was unceremoniously dismissed. They traded one of their best players, Buchnevich, for nothing to St. Louis. Like, (laughs) they haven't made that good of moves, in my opinion. They kind of got lucky. Like, again, it almost doesn't even, they they didn't do much this year, anyways. It was a lot built from the past. Mm -hmm. It was inherited, really. We'll see how they 
going Bucinevich forward. Bucinevich for Sammy Blay in a second. Makes no Sammy sense. Sammy Blay got roasted on Twitter this weekend. Yeah, we was, don't have to bring that up. That was so funny. Look that up if you have time. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, but, yeah, I, I see what you mean in terms of the Rangers. I mean, I don't know. Some some people that say these things I feel like don't have access to the Internet for somehow, even though they put things on the Internet. I mean, what, well, there was one article saying that uh, Zibanejad gets paid half of what Austin Matthews does? <laughs> yeah, like, that's three seconds. Yeah, just like, look it up. Like, that, that, well, that was Steve it, Simmons. Like, we don't have to hide it. It was yeah. Steve Simmons. So, like, time me. Just... I can find out how much Z- but all, Zibanejad Also, makes. I wonder if he, like, looked it up and is just brutal at math and just couldn't figure it out. Oh, Mika's so when you look up, okay, so when you look up on Google, Mika Zibanejad contract, the first thing that comes up is five years, 26.75. That was his last contract. But all you have to do is click the link to see that, no, he makes eight and a half. That kicks in this year. <laughs> like, whatever. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Zibanejad's a sick player. Good, like, really yeah, good yeah. shot. Good, Not even close to as good. Great as vibes like. around him. Just the way that he, he his, puts that stick up, it tickles the rafters, and he just hammers one-timers all game. A lot of them hit the glass, but it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it's just I just thought that was interesting yeah. to bring up. Also, another radio topic this week was uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Is he going to be better than Dominic Hasek, best goalie ever? I mean, that's a... Uh, Rick that Talkett said he's on the Mount Rushmore of goalies, which I thought was a great, yeah. great one. He said... Uh, Broder, Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek, Andre Vasilevsky. Is Broder, the that's a that's a debatable one there. Depends Just how how yeah. long have some people been saying that though? Like you got to have the foresight there. It's easy to say now, but I know, but but now okay. he's like making it no argument. Mm-hmm. The crazy part is he's only a year older than Shesterkin, and like think about how dominant he's been for so long. Well, yeah, Shesterkin didn't come over for a while. For a while, so of course, yeah. And but Vasilevsky like, came over right away. He was a first round pick. Shesterkin was like a fourth fourth round pick also like if he's some goalies played till they're like 38 he could play 10 more years conceivably yeah Yeah, if he's if he's able to stay healthy what's funny about shesterkin like when you look at the russian 2015 world junior team like look at that tandem sorokin and Ilya shesterkin well they're olympic goalies igor shesterkin yeah bobrovsky who's a fine goal he wouldn't have made it wouldn't have made it that's nuts (laughs) the other guys are just so good I don't know, something in the water in Russia, I tell you. And then the the number one goalie prospect coming up, I'm not considering Spencer Knight a prospect anymore, but number one goalie prospect coming up. Askarov? Yeah, is Yaroslav Askarov yeah. in, over in uh, Nashville there. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. I mean, you made me look it up now, the Mount Rushmore goaltenders, but like Hashik's run in the 90s oh my god no he's he's under he's number on one not good he on won a, two jamie mcclennan made this point on overdrive great he won two heart trophies during like lemieux gretzky that's crazy sackick eiserman he went back years. to back heart trophies. i know 930 and 932 on just not good teams and I, I think there's one year you can look and like the second place vesna guy had like a 910 and he had a 930 something crazy no like he that. um i i have looked that one up <laughs> Uh, shocker, but he finished eighth in Vesna voting in ninety five, ninety six, and, and he, he had a nine twenty. I think the winner had like a nine ten, yeah, yeah, or something stupid like that. A nine oh six. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Wow. Also talked about this week. He was like the biggest flash in the pan <laughs> player of all time. Yeah, that is really fun. yeah. Jim Carrey. Wow. 
Not to be confused with mega movie star Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, it's the same guy. Oh, same really? Guy. I didn't know that. Star of such movies as... The Truman Show. The Truman Show. Excellent Dumb and Dumber. There. Uh, what were we talking about? The series. Any other... Clo- <laughs> Jason, any closing thoughts? On like the rest of the series? I really think Tampa's going to... I don't know about next game, but I think they're going to bounce back and give. They're it just not seems like wow. what they do, eh? No way. Yeah, I know. It just right? seems like, like just their th- thing. What made you thing. think that one? I still, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see it. I, yeah. st- I, I think Colorado's going to win. I was also shocked with how many people picked Tampa to win this series. Yeah. I mean, like, just how can you go against them after? You watch Colorado? I yeah. have. That's how. But have you watched Tampa Bay lift yes. the cup two yes, years in I a row? Have. I have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, some things to look out for moving forward in the series. Like you said, Tampa Bay's ability to move the puck in a more efficient way is yeah. going to be big. Yeah. I think puck efficiency with Tampa is going to be massive as well. They clearly do not have a speed advantage whatsoever right now. I think managing the puck is going to be really big for them. I, I, really, I, I think they have a big advantage along the boards. I think winning puck battles along the boards is going to be their forte. You're going to see Tampa work the puck around the boards in the offensive zone and try to kind of cycle it into high danger areas from there and catch Colorado out of position. Um, on the power play, I felt like Tampa and even the lightning a little bit too, were really reading the other team's power play very well. You could tell that Jared Bed or whoever runs the PK for, uh, for the avalanche really did their homework on this one because there was more than a few times where Kucherov lined up for a one-timer and there was a guy right there in front to block it. One time he got it through, though. I think we're really... So, as a result, I think we're really going to start to see some more Kucherov touch passes off the one time, which we've seen. To the bumpy? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then work it from there. So, if I'm Colorado, I wouldn't get too comfortable with that game plan on the PK because Tampa Bay is just going to pick it apart, no problem. Yeah. Like Jason said, I mean... I think Colorado's going to win, but you know (laughs) just what they do. Exactly. Just what they do. I have a funny little question for you guys. Do the Colorado... One more thing looking forward. My last thing. uh, I might be looking into this a little bit too much, Mm -hmm. and I've been mentioning the injury a lot, but Darcy Kemper's ability to see pucks from far, I'm uh, I'm not sold. We'll keep our eye on that. Keep keep your eye (laughs) (laughs) on that. There was one play early in the in the game. Puck hit him in the chest. It was a late reaction. One of the goals was a screen, but was from pretty far out. There was another post that he just I, – I didn't think there was really a, a screen there, and he didn't really pick it up. It was on a, a Chernak shot. So keep your eye on that. I'm not saying it's definite, but keep your eye on so it. Le- okay, so level of – first, level of concern if, let's say uh, – Camper can't play. Like, let's say, I, I don't know. Like, uh, like zero. Zero. It's like the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same, You right? haven't okay. really seen anything from Kemper in these Thoughts. playoffs. Thoughts Although so. a good goal. He's better mm-hmm. than Fran Kuz, but, yes. but how do you pronounce his name? Francis. Francis. Uh, it's actually, uh, yes, French. <laughs> Freddie French. Freddie French. That's all. No, but like, it, it, not that it doesn't matter, but they have 899 goaltending and they're still winning. Yeah. Like, it's, Colorado's an offensive team, so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just don't let on four goals, they'll probably win. There you go. Even then, I mean. They might still win. <laughs> they might still win. So but. question to you guys. Do you think that the Colorado Avalanche play less games than the New York Rangers in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. The Rangers played 20 games. Nice. The Avalanche currently have where you 15 got that. games I wonder played. where you got that question from. Where do you get it? 
I said it in our group. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> they might, they might put, yeah. stole that. Well, it's just good to bring uh, it up. It is a very good so question. So how many though? games do they have to win in? So they would have to uh, win three more. For have, less, it would have the, the series so, would only have to go to five. Yes. Equal would be six. six. And if it goes to seven, then but, they play one more game. I would say range. equal. You think equal? Yeah. I think less, and they lose. No. Okay. Yeah, who knows? Wow. A little lightning routing. <laughs> I hope this series goes to seven, so I'm saying more. Yeah, so yes. do I, obviously. Yeah. But it would be kind of funny to, to look back and be like, you know, you know when you're just doing like the, the browse over a hockey DB? Yeah. If, if you look at a Ranger, it's like, oh, 20 games. They must have made the finals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nope, nope, actually. Well, didn't the Kings do it in less than that one year? I think so. I think there was a, the Kings. Le- less than 20? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. And I. I think that what really helped them was the rest really helped them to, you know, recover within the playoffs. They did there. it in exactly 20 games. Exactly 20 That's crazy games. Was that about. against the Rangers? Because uh, they won against the, the Canucks. They lost three games total in that playoffs. What? Holy cannoli. Sorry, oh, four. 11, four 12. to make 20. 11-12. Yeah. You're right. Both their Stanley Cup wins are hilarious because didn't on the in the other, other uh, year they won the Stanley Cup, they had like, Three reverse sweeps to the finals, or no? Or two? But they they won three in game seven in a row. Oh, okay, that's what against it was. Chicago, Anaheim, yeah. San Jose, and that's wow. and then beat New York in f- like five games. Not Martinez. even beat New York. They beat Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah, that New York. <laughs> well, it seems like a theme with them, eh? <laughs> Where do they keep finding these goalies? And they haven't even like think about it. Like Lundqvist was like a seventh round pick. I know, and, or it was he even picked? I don't even know. And then Shesterkin was a fourth or whatever. But, yeah, like what I always used to like to say about those Rangers teams in that era when Lundqvist was at his best was they go as far as Henrik Lundqvist takes them. I remember yeah. they had one series against Ottawa. They should have had no business being in. And it went to seven, and Henrik stood on his head, and they won. And then the next series didn't make it pass because he kind of cooled off. Right? Yeah. So. One one goalie point I want to make because a lot of people like Leafs related. We always got to bring it back to the Leafs a bit. You know why aren't they drafting a goalie? And it's all, all well. Here's goals. the thing: like, look at all the top goalies in the league that that are like high picks or like drafted by the team. How many of the GMs who drafted those goalies are still the GM of those teams? Just think about that, and that will lead you to the answer on why some teams don't draft goalies early. Uh, just trying to think. So like. I don't know, Jake Otten. Well, no, he's not up there. Sorry. He's not up there yet. Okay, Vasilevsky, drafted by Steve Eiserman. Igor Shashirkin, not drafted by the current GM. Yeah. Who else do you want to bring up there? Like, who was another high-picked goalie? Carter Hart? Not drafted Uh by the current GM. There we are. That's a good one, too. Um, Um, I don't know, Mackenzie Blackwood. Well, he's a second-round pick. Not drafted by the current GM. So that's the, the Devils there. Um, but I'm just saying, like, we know goalies take longer to develop. So if you're a GM, are you like, wow, let me take a first-round pick on this goalie <laughs> who may take five years to develop, or can I take, like, a skilled winger who may be on our roster in two years, like Seth Jarvis, for example. And say, like, just, just an example, because he's not a t- that high of a pick. I believe there was a goalie that was picked around him that year. Yeah. That's another uh, – that, uh, that actually that? is a very good point because – when you think about it, a goalie that's going to be in the Memorial Cup Finals, pretty high pick by the Detroit Red Wings, Sebastian Kosa, 
a lot of Red Wings fans are very revved up and ready to go about him. Like he's gonna, well, we gotta wait. We gotta, he's got to be a starter like right away. No, no. He's got a lot of refining to do. He's on a phenomenal team. Someone pointed out, I think this entire year he has faced more than thirty shots nine times. Come on, <laughs> playoffs included. I believe so, or maybe it was just regular season. But even but either still, way, that's in, ridiculous. In that is, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, think about him. I, I, I akin him to Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demko was another pr- 35th overall pick. And who's the GM now in Vancouver? Is it not, still... Not that guy. Is it still Jimmy? 35th overall no. pick. Very good at Boston College. Big, bo- big body. Fairly athletic. Moves very fast. I like to think of Thatcher... I like to describe his movements as violently fast. Because the way he hits the post, it's like... He, That's so, such a he, weird way to describe it. Just because like, the way he hits yeah, the yeah. post, it, the, the whole net shoots up into the air. He has issues some yeah, games he, because oh he keeps God. knocking it off. But, yeah. you got to take your time with goalies. Because, you know... Anyways, let's, uh, let's move but that, on, like, shall we? Great point. I, yeah. 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 you got to be patient. That's why Joseph Wool might not be the backup next year, but we got him for two more years after next year. Absolutely. Take your time. Be patient. So before we move any further, we want we have a little word from our friends at Manscaped. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. And that's another good reminder. Father's Day is this Sunday. Uh, the 19th. The 19th. So you're, this, this is probably coming out on the Friday the 17th. So if you, you caught us early, don't forget to get your dad a present for Father's Day. And what better gift to get him than a Manscaped product, you know? We talked about the ear hair. We talked about the nose hair. Yeah. Shipping's great. Comes in pretty fast. Yeah. There's still time. If you're listening to it on the Friday, you can get it before Father's Day probably. So, but... Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Is that all we got for uh, Stanley Cup? Yeah, we'll Cup? see what happens. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a fun series. Make sure to uh, keep your eyes glued on that one. Uh, never going to be a dull moment. Let's get into some around the league. I don't know if Bruce Cassidy was fired before or after last episode. He was fired before last episode. I think the day that we recorded last episode and then was hired Ooh. before. Someone Less on than this a week. podcast said Vegas for him. I can't remember who, but I know we talked about it. Uh, probably wasn't me. <laughs> I was. It wasn't me. I don't know. No, I think it was me. Okay. Oh wow. No, All I just. Right. I, if it wasn't you two, it must have been. But it just made so much Possibly. sense. It's just yeah. like that's such a Vegas hire. Yeah, and I, I think I think it'll work out. I mean, hundred percent. When you look at a Jack Eichel, Boston guy, Bruce Cassidy. I think they'll know? just play a much more structured defensive game, which will help them a lot because they. Yeah. You That's know, a very good point. Their D were getting a little too run and gun. Oh yeah, recently, especially Alex Petrangelo. His stats when he's been in Vegas, like defensively, have been horrible. But when you look at him, he's still like mobile, six four, good offensively. 
It's just he's trying to do too much, and they're trying to put him out there to do way too much. And as a result, it's it's not resulting in anything positive. So I think Bruce Cassidy being able to rein that in, kind of just put him in the Charlie McAvoy position that you had in Boston. Or you put Shea Theodore in that. Like, they have a lot of talent. A lot more yeah. talent than he had in Boston, even yeah. up front. Like, yeah. Don't forget Jack Heichel's there. Like yeah. that team should be a top five team in the league next year. Yeah, I think they have like a like very early to say, but I think they have a pretty easy path to the Western Conference final, considering Edmonton and Calgary are both getting probably. We don't know about Calgary, but chances are they're like probably they should be winning their division. Exactly. Sure, yeah. yeah. So like chances sure. are those teams are on like a downward trend because of all the free agents, free yeah. agents, and all the guys that they had kind of like Explore Edmonton. Year, yeah. I'm thinking about like a Vander Kane, like Hyman, Hyman, Flames, even also. Definitely losing Gaudreau, like who's going to replace him? Yeah. It's like, like Vegas is the only team on the upward yeah. trajectory compared to like those guys. Hyman. As long as they can just stay healthy, he's just going to go down. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. As, <laughs> that's a good point. I don't think he'll have eleven playoff goals next year. Yeah. <laughs> the way I watch him, I have like fifteen wins. <laughs> the goals get even worse. It's just scoring from center. <laughs> just a mash one in on us. He's tipping. He's tipping in empty netters. That'd be hilarious, but. I agree with what you're saying. Alec Martinez, I think, played seven games last year. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal defenseman as well. Um, it'll be curious. I don't know what his contract status is, but Nick Hag really took a step forward for them. Like he was a second round pick too. Like just another guy where like just had the pieces there to be very good. It's just you gotta you gotta develop them properly. They right? have a, they already have a good decor like oh, locked yeah. in. So, oh yeah. What's Nick Hague signed for? Oh, he's an RFA. So they got to take care of business there. And I don't think that. They also have three goalies. That's very true as well. Another team on the goalie watch. Yeah. The problem is the one that they'd want to trade is probably not. The guy Worth very want. much. Yeah. Larry B. Larry B. I think Larry B. Yeah, I think Larry B is the obvious pick. I mean, you have. Uh, what's Logo, his name? Panda Logo Thompson and Robin Logan Lamb. Thompson. Yeah. A U sports guy. Really? Yeah. Brock University. Wow. For nice. one year. Ripped it up and then went pro after that. So that's pretty cool to see see him succeed there. There's a few U uh, sports guys. Um, there's one guy in San Jose there as well. He played uh, he played out west, I think, for U sports. So, yeah, represent. Anywho. Uh, moving on from Vegas to another Vegas-related move there. Evgeny Dadanov traded from the Vegas Golden Knights, for real this time, confirmed, to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Shea Weber's bag of bones. So you guys had an interesting conversation about this one regarding did Montreal get enough for this? So... What do you guys think about this one? I mean, it's hard to tell. Who knows? But it, well, just to look at compare like other LTIR deals, like Johnson, Tampa was in a crunch, similar to Vegas is in a crunch now. Tampa moved out Johnson with a second and got Brent Seabrook back from the uh, from the, the Blackhawks. So you'd think that the price would be that to move out a guy and take like take give out an LTIR guy, our guy and take a guy back in Montreal, but. Montreal seemed to not pay anything or not get anything for taking on Dadanov's deal. And 
You'd expect them to get more, but I still think it's a decent maybe deal. Maybe they just really like that. Okay. Maybe, but I, I think that they, they think they can get more than what they would get in that trade at the trade deadline for Dadanov. I think that's the thinking behind it. And I'm sure other teams were like... As like, long as he waves his no trade clause. Of course, yeah. But I, I wouldn't... I, assuming he's getting traded at the deadline, chances are he's going to a playoff team, right? And a, a playoff team, I think, would like to have him at two and a half, especially if you can get him little double routine too who knows yeah. right no that's, a, that's so, a really good point that's a fair point and uh I, I wonder maybe if there's just competition to get him and montreal just wanted to guarantee that asset yeah like don't, that, that don't future trade, asset don't lose that no trade list yeah <laughs> but uh yeah because who knows maybe anaheim or arizona was in, in on them in on that too like we, we really don't know right so and it's interesting because when you make that point i mean the sabers just traded for ben bishop and they, they got like a seventh for him, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a seventh. But the big thing with the Tyler Johnson deal, you mentioned that. Like, Tyler Johnson was an active player. Mm-hmm. And they did have to put him on the, the active roster. Yeah. But he actually ended up going on LTIR this year because he had a neck injury. Yeah. Similar, I think it was similar to the one. That it Eichel was the same had. as same surgery that Eichel had. I think that was part, maybe part of the concern in taking on Johnson. I don't know. But no, it happened during the year. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It happened during this year. He played like 25 games, I want to say. And then. Uh, Got the surgery. And then, yeah, he ended up having yeah. to get the surgery and shutting her down there. I wonder if the difference was that Arizona Coyote just said, yeah, we'll just take him for nothing. And then, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's, I'm curious to see how much Montreal really likes Dadanov. Maybe yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, think they they got something there. You do have to. I mean, they're not. They're still rebuilding, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, like maybe again, like you said, a little flip at the deadline mm-hmm. there for for half retained at two yeah. and a half. Plus, plus, people were talking about them having to give to get rid of Shea Weber because they also are potentially going to have Carey Price. Like, Probably will have Carey Price on LTIR next year too. You don't want to have to yeah. be paying those guys like you'd be paying a lot, of, like a lot of actual dollars oh, for. Yeah. Think about like that. from the owner standpoint, yeah, paying like, like just get maybe Carey Price and Shea Weber and being in a rebuild. Mm-hmm. That doesn't uh, that doesn't look too good on the bottom no, line. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but anyways, for yeah, so. Interesting to see. Always interesting to see a player that's no longer going to be playing hockey involved in a trade. I mean, we saw it. It's happening more and more frequently. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Anywho, um, other points for around the league. John Tortorella signed by the Philadelphia Flyers. So, <sighs> Elliot. <laughs> oh, my God. Elliot Friedman said. The Flyers are really looking to have a hot start, and Tortorella has his teams ready. That's why they hired him, which is just insane to me. But I think that's uh, that team has a lot of issues for sure, if, and they apparently want to get Johnny Gujar. I don't know how, but like if a guy like Konechny's on the block, you, Leafs fans would love to get him. So we'll see what happens. There's definitely going to be some movement there. But he's not a Sue Greyhounds guy. No, he's not. You're right. Out of a 67s and Sarnia thing. But I, I, I find that kind of funny. What, like? If you if you go if you finish first place in October, what are you going to put that on a banner? I swear they well? were like, doing cares? well in, in previous. Uh, there was a season where they were in first place for a while, maybe two seasons ago. Flyers, I don't Something know. Like they, they do this yeah. weird thing where every other year they're good, and they finally in the bubble the they they vastly underperformed. Like they should have went further than what they did. Like they they vastly underperformed in the bubble. I felt like I think Carter Hart bailed them out against Montreal, and even probably in another one as well. But like they had a good team and they were they were favorites to kind of go far and win the Stanley Cup even, 
and then you just get the the bubble year. They were awful. I mean, okay, then you come out of the the bubble year, and it's like, okay, now everything's back to normal. Let let's see what this team can actually do, and they've just continued to stink. Like they've been horrific. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one for for Torts for sure. Like who's yeah. like. Wow, they paid Kevin Hayes a lot of money. Holy smokes. They paid JVR. JVR. Well, for one more He's year, one but year. Yeah. they pay him quite a bit of money as well. Oh, my well. goodness. And like, th- that's going to be two guys that I don't think Tortorella is going to love. Like, no. I don't know. And it's funny. Like Brandon Dubinsky, I believe, tweeted, uh, pray for the Flyers players. <laughs> but, uh, did he say it in a bad way or a good way? I didn't even see. He had Tortorella in New York and Columbus, and I think it, yeah, he got yeah. sat yeah. in both of those situations. Was Cam Atkinson like a Cam Atkinson, guy? So Cam Atkinson, funny enough, signed a big contract and then was healthy. It was a health bomb the next day. Wow. Courtesy of John so Tortorella. <laughs> it's actually crazy, sorry to interrupt, how thin their roster is while almost having a cap team, like capped out team. Yeah. I it, mean, it feels so thin. Like, I, I'm trying to look at like who... like. Hayes, Van Reems, like they have two guys on LTIR yeah, yeah, on cap they, friendly they that have, are very good. Oh, Katuri and Ellis, those yeah. guys are pretty good players. Sorry. Those are probably their best forward, their yeah. best defensemen. Yeah, so hope, I mean, but yeah, they have stunk. They just have so many players that I feel like Tortorella is going to bench. That I don't know who they're going to roster. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they buy out JVR. I There's mean, no reason though. I'd rather trade him half retained. Yeah. But like, will he be worth anything? At three point five, he still scored scored twenty five goals for you. How did he do this year, though? He's he was hurt a bit. He stunk this year. I felt like we're looking it up. We're all twenty four goals in eighty two games. So exactly twenty four. Yeah. Oh, I think it. Oh yeah. Okay, that's much better. He's almost performed exactly as I expected in in yeah. Philly. Like, yeah. definitely overpaid throughout the whole contract. I mean, it's hard, harder when Mitch Martin is not passing you the posture. <laughs> Hell yeah! Just ask that Tyler, Bo- him, him and Tyler Bozak when they left the Leafs, like he had thirty six goals his last year. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, and it was funny because he couldn't skate. No, he couldn't. <laughs> he just could not skate that whole year. But yeah, watch out for six foot four players that have to get hip surgery because it doesn't look good for them after that. Uh, I believe we've touched on everything around the league. A um, lot of Leafs discourse regarding goalies. We're not, yeah. You know, oh, you're not ready. Okay, all right. I had a couple things from cool. uh, from Myrtle and Siegel's article. I just wanted to bounce yeah. them off you. Go ahead. Is that cool? Yeah. Before yeah, we wrap it. it up. So he said about about Jack Campbell. You know, it was rumored that the Leafs weren't talking to him, but I think his agent has come out and said, you know, we've talked like once a week for the last couple of weeks. So he says. The open market for Campbell, I think, is at least four years. I think there's going to be a, a, probably one team that gives him four or five years versus the Leafs. Says he thinks the Leafs will offer three years at around four million, but he may get offered, for example, four and a half for five years, and that's a total money difference of around six to seven million. So he may take that. But again, I, I think it's going to be. I think there's a chance that he comes back, but all the signs are pointing towards the opposite, which is that someone's going to give him more than the Leafs are willing to. Which then begs the question who would the Leafs get wow yeah yeah I don't know it's it's honestly too hard to even speculate now because like the free agency goalies there's really only other than Campbell there's two or three that you'd be willing to like sign as like actual guys like I'd say maybe in the Campbell tier right Kemper Huso. but it, see, so my question then becomes Sorry. if you're willing if you're only willing to give Campbell three years at four million how much more are you willing to give Billy Huso, for example 
that you're one's not. a risk. Like that so that, it's probably a, a similar risk. deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about this one? I was hearing, I don't think the source was very credible, but it's just funny to see. Uh, Bobrovsky half retained out of Florida. No. How about this one? Oh. Sorry, uh, that's a quick no, though. No, really. No. That's no still five, that's no? still five million and for like six six years, years. five years. I also, think. Florida would never. Do yes, that, because ever. that that just hamstrings them for too long, way too long. Like yeah. I, I, teams don't like taking retained salaries on like retaining salaries for five five yeah. million dollars. For- yeah. <laughs> How about this one? Other options they said that make sense. We got to look to the past. Look to the former boss of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Lou Lamorello. He's got a goalie for one more year at five million in Varlamov, oh, okay. and they hypothesize that if you know, you know, they need some cap space. If you give them an asset, they may retain fifty percent. So wow, if Varl- you can get them at fifty percent, I think that's a great, great deal. Wow, like even if you have to give up like a, a like a high profile pick for like him, what? or like a, a, I don't know, maybe a first if you can get another pick back. But like what? again, like. You need you need a goalie going. If you don't get, no, I'm not giving up a first for Varlamov. So then, let's say hypothetically you don't get Campbell. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? So in terms of Varlamov, what you were saying, like I wouldn't give up a first. Like when you look at Darcy Kemper coming mm-hmm. out of New out of Arizona, he was half retained. He costed a first, and a Connor prospect. Timmins, yeah, who's a pretty good prospect for that. He was playing for the Avs in the playoffs, but. Darcy Kemper versus Semyon Varlamov. I mean, I don't know, maybe a second. Yeah, maybe a, a second. A little bit more, like a second. But it's not that like big of a difference in acquisition costs. I don't but like think. if you give a first and you don't, let's say you don't give a prospect, would you rather do that or a second or prospect? Prospects, whatever. I'd, I'd give any prospect, honestly. Not any, <laughs> sorry. Not any prospect, but I'd give like prospects yeah. if it meant the cost comes down kind of thing. So you guys are on board for Varley? I, I'd love to get him half retained. Yeah, I don't I think, think it's all right. We need just, to win. Like that's the thing. <laughs> based on the options that are out there, though. My big thing, my biggest thing is like you're you're getting a, I want to call it a B tier goaltender. You're not getting a top ten goalie in the league like, unless they get John it'll Gibson be somehow. Max, e, yes. That's the also, only. That's like John Gibson, or you're getting yeah. B tier. Yeah. and then a, and then there there will be people that will debate you on if, Gibson. If yeah, yeah, which is. Which year of Gibson are you getting kind yeah. of thing? What kind of mentals are there? Like, I think, in my opinion, the best you're going to get is maybe, like, the 15th kind of best goaltender yep. in the league. Yep. My biggest thing is, can the Leafs' defensive core stay healthy, and are they able to clog up the middle of the ice? If they play like they did at the end of the year and in the playoffs as well, I'm confident with that type of go- that caliber of goaltender back there. And especially for the Leafs to make a run. If Jake Muzzin goes down or someone else part of that core six, you know, their, our top six defensemen that we have, especially one with good defensive pedigree, yikes. That's all I'm going to say. Yikes. Yeah, that's fair. It's, that's it, just my plain and simple But at the end, line. they still need a, at they least a B a, goalie. Mm-hmm. Though. Yeah. You know, like... We can't be C goalie and C goalie. That, yeah, I've seen so, I've seen people suggest some tandems where I'm like, yeah, you know, you don't have Chris Pronger, Scott Niedermeyer, and all them back there. No, you certainly don't. And you then, do need someone of yeah B caliber. Okay, that's interesting. So we'll keep an eye on that. But again, seems like Campbell again. It's still leaning towards not coming back. Yeah. On Kosh and Engvall, very similar. They're making it seem like if they don't sign either of these guys before their qualifying offer, they're not going to qualify either of them. 
not going to qualify. Yeah, because they don't think Engvall or Kasha will play on their qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. And then they don't want to go to they arbitration. They don't want to go to arbitration. Makes sense because arbitration, you don't really know what you're going to get. So it makes it a lot harder to like pick up free agents because what if like whatever your projection is, they get a million or two million more and that there's like a ripple effect, right? Like now you're over the cap. Now you have to move someone out, right? So there's but, uh right. That's a great it, point. It makes the situa- situation a little sticky. Because they think a player like Kasha might get two and a half million or more in that oh. arbitration, which would be not good for the Leafs. No. I wouldn't like and that. then they're talking about offering Engvall three years at two and a half million. I would be vehemently against that. They even say he would have to be a third line 40 point player for to offer him that deal. So he may do that. He may not. But again, I think what's going to end up happening is probably both these, well, at least one of these guys is gone. That would yeah, make sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Who would you prefer between the two? Pierre Engvall. To Keith? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like maybe, I guess, I guess Dep- it depends Engvall. on the money. I guess if you're saying the same money, probably Engvall. Yeah, just because yeah. he's uh, a little more reliable health wise. Yeah, makes, yeah. A, exactly. makes a difference there. Good defensive impact as well. And then one more little tidbit is that they don't believe that the Muzzin will be moved. They think the Leafs are going to keep him, but Justin Hall will be moved. Okay. Wow. Okay. Potentially, but that's like where it's leaning. And then they want to possibly bring back Ilya Labushkin as like their seventh D. I like I see I like that. I had this weird gut feeling. Labushkin that, in a, a depth role. Yeah, that as they it says here as their seventh D. So. Yeah, I really like the tandem of defense. Like when you're looking at third pair, have that solid, like that solid defensive guy that just goes out there, throws the body, knocks some heads off, and then you need that offensive guy paired with him as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like that really evens out the third pairing and you get something out of it in limited minutes, right? They're, they're not playing against great competition. So I, th- I think Labushkin in that third pairing role would be would be quite solid. I'm curious to see what Justin Hall's worth is around the league. Yeah, that um, could be helpful for us. If, if yeah. he has e- even Dermot slightly more than Dermot, maybe. Yeah, like I, I Dermot went second. for a third. Yeah, I think, I think he's worth it. I, I would think he's worth a second at the very least just because of his contract as well. He's only making $2 million. And like we talked about last year, guys, how many... How many, not only right-handy, but left-handy made like three, yeah. three and a half. Cody, Cody Ceci. Patrick Nemeth made two and a half. Yeah, that's a, like, that's actually a bad one now after those playoffs. He, <laughs> he played very well, but he'll, he'll Patrick have, Nemeth made two and a half. Yeah, Hall will have a market. Yeah. So That's all for the least. Just yeah. things to... I don't know where these Muzzin rumors came from. I think it was just people I, made them Use Twitter. Like, I don't know how yeah, you're going to replace that guy. I really don't. It's insane. People see that he unless didn't play you, a lot. Unless you get like a... Like Jason said, get similar assets that you traded for him and then flip that yeah. for like yeah. a star player. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to yeah. pull the old Because everyone says go back to L.A. No offense. Like why would L.A. want Jake Muzzin in their current situation? They're slow. They're doing like a yeah. retool. They have a young-ish yeah. defenseman. Like why would they give assets for a guy who's nearing the end when like their roster – is probably looking to be good in two to three years. Yeah. Is their peak? The LA but, thing. So the LA thing. I that think LA is looking to be good now. The, I yeah. know they are, but again, why would they want the, Muzzin? Like, it was yeah. it was just a rumor started on Twitter because the Leafs had four left handy and the LA Kings had four no, signed. Someone right-handy. did the specialty. They said uh, per the athletic, <laughs> and then yeah, just and then no one, we couldn't find. Yeah. No, we looked I, everywhere. I tweeted at that person. They didn't even respond to me. I said, "Where yeah. did you get this information from?" But and the other thing is, like the rumored trades were like one of LA's like younger defensemen. Yeah. Back in the deal, we should start doing that more. Just like per, per like yeah. per a, a a publication that you need a subscription for, and just make up a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, 
I told you, I I spent way too long like just Looking searching Jake know, Muzzin, Muzzin and just and uh, Kings, yeah. <laughs> it should come up with it. Yeah, and per the athletic uh, Panarin to Boston. Yeah, <laughs> look it up. Oh wait, you don't have a subscription? Too bad. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> trust me, just trust me. It's trust the internet. Me, you can trust me. Or uh, I don't know what is what's another good one? Making up a, a text conversation. I used to do that, but. It was more so memes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not like, like massive trade rumors for our second. No, I was making up like rumors, team. Landis Cog to the Leafs, and it was like a text message from like some random person. It's like, hey, it's Kyle Dubas. Please send me <laughs> so we can sign Landis Cog. I like that. Or it was a text message conversation between Dubas and uh, and what's his name in, in L.A. It's like, hey, do you want Jonathan Quick? And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I think that uh, pretty yeah. much wraps up this episode. That was a... A good tidbit to throw in at the end there because everything's about the Leafs, you know. Love the Leafs stats being thrown around with the Stanley Cup final. Like, ah, this is the third team in the past, what, four, four years, years to make the finals after beating the Leafs. There'll be more Leafs stuff coming up once it's, again, it picks up quick once the, the finals. Yeah, the, oh, yeah, we're less than a month away, I think, from is free agency. Is it NHL awards June? on, like, Tuesday? I don't know. It's it's during the NHL finals, if I saw that correctly. Maybe. Which, that that's terrible they've already given out like half the awards i know they whatever pretty much all of them so who cares anywho any other closing thoughts that we have nope see you next week we'll see how this series goes yeah after game what i don't know it'll be like game four right yeah we'll figure it out anywho we'll figure it out any thank you everyone for listening go leafs go